Welcome, everybody. We look forward to this day every single week, every Friday. We get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. We always get a, love a chance to speak with this guy who does a great job covering the sport of MMA for ESPN. He is the one, the only Brett Okamoto joining us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. Brett, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, as always. Hey, it's it's good to talk to you. Hey, one thing I I don't know that I ever asked you uh, when this transition took over, when when ESPN and the UFC worked on their deal and got it together, how, how much has that changed your role? I, I, I was joking with you before about seeing you in the cage during a pay per view event, and they've got you on camera and all this. But just in, in terms of what you're asked to do, what what you get to do now, how is it that much different? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's it's incredibly different. I would just say that uh, I'm getting to do a lot more. Like a lot of the times when I would pitch stuff or, or you know, hey, can I want to go here or I want to go there or I, I want a camera with me on this. Uh, before, when I would get the answer no, now it's a yes, you know, because <laughs> ESPN just, uh, they care about the sport a lot more. So my, my job really hasn't changed, but uh, the resources that I have to do it has changed. It's been great. You know, you know what's been interesting for me, and I'm sure you, you like me, have been a fan of the sport for a long time. And in the beginning, it's it was looked at as a, as a niche sport, and it's and I guess to a certain extent, it probably still is for to a, a degree with a lot of people. But it has become so much more mainstream that a lot more casual fans will ask me or text me questions about, did you watch this or what do you think of this guy? Do you feel like it's sort of infiltrated that it, that it has become a sport that's been much more widely accepted by a casual audience out there? Yeah, of course. I mean, I still think it's a sport that has, I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't consider it, um, you know, when you think of uh, it kind of in my head, I have it like the main four, you know, and that's baseball, basketball, football, and, and I still, I actually put hockey in there. But it, when it comes to, to the UFC, I think the big difference for me is, you know, they've always had a very passionate fan base. They've always had a very knowledgeable fan base. They've had people who want to follow every storyline and, and who really love this sport. Um what they haven't had is, uh, I think, just just that sort of um, people are, are just very aware of it now. You know, it used to be if it popped up, it was like, oh, why why is UFC on there now? And now it's like, even if people aren't fans of it, it's just become. I don't even know if accepted is the right word. I, I think it's just like it's just more part of the mainstream. Even if it's not on a consistent basis, you know, competing with like NBA for headlines, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's just it's there now, you know. It's become part of the mainstream sports consumption, and that that to me is is the biggest difference. You you know what surprises me, Brett, is how many people, even supposed non fans or casual fans, will refer to the early days. I mean, the earliest of the early days, where you had a guy with one boxing glove in there and a guy, you know, who's three hundred pounds fighting a guy who's one hundred eighty pounds, where it really was sort of a bar brawl. You know, for for as small as it was at the time, and for as little exposure as there was at at that time. A lot of people seem to remember it and refer to it, and 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 will talk about those moments is where they they sort of form their opinion on what the sport is as long ago as that was. I always find that kind of odd because it was such a small little thing, and you didn't the internet wasn't what it was. It wasn't social media yet. Obviously, people have seen those moments, have gone back and looked at them, whether it's on YouTube or whatever. But that that in their mind was sort of where they formed their opinion way, way back. Tank Abbott, people like that, you know, and, and Art Jimerson, all this stuff. It, it, it just, I don't know if you get that, but that's, it's, when I talk to people that aren't fans, they'll refer to things like that. I like that, though, man. I mean, like this, how cool is that, that this sport is still in, in a stage in which people can remember the very beginning of it, you know? I mean, you just can't say that about other sports. And we've got to see it grow up, you know, 
in real time. I mean, we've all been able to witness that, and that's that's very cool. And I mean, I got to say, you know, from my perspective, of course, as a journalist, to cover it and to cover you know the growth of this sport, not only from you know the skills that that uh, that exist in inside the octagon, but then you know the business structure of it and the social acceptance of it and. I mean, everything, man. I mean, it's just been, it has been a fascinating sport to cover. I mean, I, I, I do get asked, you know, from time to time, like, hey, you're at ESPN. Would you ever want to cover basketball? Would you ever want to cover, you know, baseball? Would you ever want to cover another sport? And I, I'm a huge sports fan. I mean, that's, that's, that was me as, as a child. Like, I, I've, I've always been, you know, a wannabe athlete. I've always been a wannabe sports reporter. I mean, that's, that's, that's who I was when I was a kid. But I got to say, as far as, as a sport to cover, MMA has been such a blessing for me in my career because it is a fascinating sport to cover because it's changing and evolving right in front of us. You know? yeah. So it's there's always a story and there's always something changing in the sport. It's great. Uh, so that's well put. Well put. Hey, by the way, just in terms of being a journalist that covers a specific sport, I mean, I'm I'm in a different position in the media. I'm not a a beat reporter. I'm not somebody who's isolated to one sport. You know, everybody says, well, you have to be a, uh, you can't be a fan. You, you have to be objective across the board. And in my position, no, I, I will openly root for a certain fighter. I will openly root against a certain fighter. I guess, you know, but I guess in your position, you can't really do Maybe internally you do. And that's the question. Are there fighters that, you know, maybe you don't write it that way or you don't, you don't talk about them that way, but internally you're man, I'm, I'm crossing my, I love this guy, or maybe I don't really like this guy. I'd like to see him lose. Is it, is that something you wrestle with at all? Honestly, man, it's not something that I really wrestle with. I mean, of course, it's human nature that you're going to like certain people more, you're going to like other people less. You know, I mean, that's just that, that's just the the reality of it. But I mean, like, like to give you an example, just recently, um, I mean, I, I I enjoyed spending time with Darren Till. Like, I, I had a really great opportunity to fly to London, and then I took a train to Liverpool, and I got to actually see the gym that Darren Till grew up in and, and used to live in, and in Liverpool and then he he had he allowed me to go to his apartment and I spent time with him and his, his girlfriend and their baby and, and it's like yeah you form a personal connection with them but at the same time you know when when, when George Masvidal knocked him out I was excited to talk to George you know and I knew that that was a big moment in his career because he's a guy who's you know been fighting for so so long been fighting in the backyards of Miami since he was a teenager you know and to, to go over to London and knock out you know um, England's guy and Darren Till, like, I mean, I, I follow the story, you know, and it doesn't mean that I, I really do care about a lot of, of these athletes because it's just impossible not to. But um, I am able to separate it, man. And I don't know if that's just because I started covering this sport at, the, at a pretty young. And then it's just kind of always been my approach that I, like, I'm here to cover this professionally. I'm not here to be friends with these guys. I'm not here to, to you know, form my, my opinions on them and as far as, you know who I like and who I don't like. I mean, I'm, I'm here to cover a sport, so it hasn't really been that hard. But yeah, of course, I mean, it it, it's, it it potentially creeps in there from time to time. You do feel a human connection to these guys, certainly. And 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 let me ask you about a guy that I openly root against, and I know I'm not alone in this. And and and, and this is what he wants, right? Colby Covington. Mm-hmm. Colby Covington, I find to be just sort of repugnant. He's he's a guy who seems to want to ape what Conor McGregor and Chael Sonnen brought to the table. Uh, so there's something about those guys that made it kind of humorous or fun, the smack talk, you know, and Connor can cross the line here and there, but for the most part, there was some, something clever about the way they would smack talk. Whereas Colby is, is a little more, you know, ham handed about it. He's a near, not nearly clever enough in my opinion to pull it off where he just becomes insulting and rude. 
it, what is he good for the sport? Is it doesn't matter the type of heel that you are, whether you're clever and funny and there's humor behind it, or you just are out to offend everybody? Because I'll have this debate with people who say, "Man, that's great for the sport because people will tune in." And I, I understand people will tune in to want to see him lose. At the same time, I'm like, man, I just I don't want him to be the guy that the casual fan who's not sure if they like MMA, and then they see him, and then they're just going, "Ugh, I don't I don't want anything to do with this." Is is he a guy you look at and go, "Hey, whether you love him or hate him, he's good for the sport." Um, you know, it, I'll be honest here. I, I, I think the sport has reached a point where it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't think that he's good or bad for the sport. You know, I, I think that there are going to be some people who are turned off by him. Um, and, and quite frankly, though, if they don't, if they don't take the time to learn about another, I mean, for, for every Colby Covington that may want to go out there and try to get people to hate him, there's about, you know, 50 of them who are out there just being themselves and, and, and you know, would would probably want you to like him. You know, so right. there's people who, who who would who would look at Colby and say, "Oh, I'm I'm just done with MMA." Um, you know, I just don't think there's that that many of them. Maybe I'm being naive on that, but I just think that like you're gonna with all the good stories in MMA and all the feel good stories, which there are a lot of them. I mean, I just don't think that it's gonna. I just don't think it's gonna tip the balance one way or another. I mean, if you if if Colby were to retire tomorrow, I don't think that the UFC is going to see this big spike in popularity or see this big drain in right. you know what i mean so fair, fair point I, I think i think the sport has has really reached a point and don't get me wrong it's still a star driven sport um but i do think it's also reached a point you know with the deal with espn and the amount of fights that they put on and the depth of their roster that uh i, I don't really look at it in terms of is colby good or bad for the sport anymore i just i just kind of don't 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 even pay attention to that who, who is he going to fight next by the way, I mean, he's, he's kind of been put on ice here. He's been inactive for, for quite a bit, and, you know, everybody's trying to figure out who's who's going to be in line for the title shot. He's the interim title holder. Who When is he going to fight again? <laughs> well, he's going to be next for, for Usman. He will get the next title shot. And, and Usman, uh, he, he suffered an injury, so he's, he's still on the bench. But um, that's a fight that's actually been in the works for a long time, before Usman was a champion, before Colby was an interim champion. That's... So that was actually a fight that I kind of wanted to see as those two guys were climbing the ranks. So that's that's the fight that I think should happen. And, and yes, I do believe that that will be the the next fight for both of those guys. Okay. And well, let, let me ask about another guy everybody's wanting to see and and waiting for his next fight. Of course, it's Conor McGregor, who's he's very vocal. He's very active on social media. He's he's not afraid to take shots at you know Dos Anjos, making fun of him and his injury, and you know sort of sort of poking the bear, if you will. Different different fighters out there, and I know. You know, Justin Gagey wants to fight all these. Everybody's in line to fight him because they know the payday that comes with it. Who Who's the logical next opponent for him? Do you, do you have a sense of that? Well, you know, I was really optimistic that Connor was going to fight in the summer, but now I'm not anymore. You know, the, the schedule has been filling up, and now you see all those guys who would potentially want a fight with McGregor, like a Cowboy Cerrone or a Nate Diaz or an Anthony Pettis. They're all taking fights, you know, and, and that – you, you can just read between the lines on that one. If those guys thought that Connor was coming back in July, you know, they'd be holding out and seeing if they got, you know, if their name was drawn. So I don't anticipate seeing Connor until November or December of this year. Um, and it's pretty clear what he wants. I mean, he wants an instant rematch with Khabib. Um, I got to be honest, I hope that the UFC doesn't make that fight um, just because I don't think Connor is deserving of it. And, uh, I think that Khabib has, has a lot of other challenges at lightweight, and the lightweight division has just been on hold for, for a long time, primarily because of Conor McGregor. So uh, I hope that that doesn't happen, but I'm also not naive uh, 
into how this business works, and that is probably the biggest fight the UFC can make. So if Khabib ends up fighting Connor at the end of the year, I mean, I won't be shocked, but I actually I wouldn't call it the, the favorite of, of what, what would happen as of right now. I, I hope that they're able to make a different fight for Connor. Did you have any issues with the um, the UFC matching Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar? I mean, Edgar's a legend. Obviously, the Holloway is you know one of the one of the young stars on the roster these days. But once again, and I guess it comes with every fight, Brett. Right? There's somebody that's going to say, "Hey, man, it should have been me. Look at what I've done in my past five fights, or look at who I've beaten. So I should be the next title uh, contender. I should be the guy who gets this opportunity." So Frankie gets the the superstar treatment in the eyes of some. Did you feel that way about it? Uh, I'm okay with it as long as Alex is next, you know, because I actually think it could work out to Alex's benefit. I mean, I know that he was, uh, from from talking to his team, he would have been ready to turn around and fight Max Holloway in July. But I don't think it's, it's really necessary, you know. I mean, the guy ha- had fought three times in the last ten months. Um, he had spent a long time away from his family. I mean, he, he lives in Australia, but he trains in New Zealand. So he flew to New Zealand, you know, had a long training camp, then he flies to Brazil, and then he gets that blood infection. So, uh, you know, is, are we just going to send this guy right back into camp in New Zealand? Of course, he would have done that for a title fight, and he is the logical number one contender. He's the most deserving number one contender. But I don't think it's a bad thing to say, Alex, you know, you just had that blood infection. You spent a lot of time away from your family. Go ahead and, you know, take some time off, get healthy, get ready for your title fight. Um, the UFC has, has uh, you know, they, they, there's definitely a possibility that they could go back to Australia this year because they got that big fight with Robert Whitaker and Israel Asanya, who are from that area. So it could all work out in Alex's favor. The only way that I will be against this is that if Max Holloway fights Frankie Edgar and then something happens to the tune of, you know, there's got to be a rematch or, like, one of them gets injured. I mean, that's that's the risk, right? I mean, that's the only thing, the only potential problem that I would have with it because I do think Frankie, for his body of work, and you look back on, you know, what he's what he's done even in recent years. I know that he missed some time last year because of an injury, but it's not as if this guy is coming off of a three-fight losing streak. I mean, I do think that he is worthy of the opportunity. I know that Max Holloway wants to fight it because it's Frankie Edgar. You know, I, I don't have a problem with the fight, but Alex has to be next because he deserved it. Hey, I was, I was looking at your uh, your Twitter page, and you had posted a picture of you with Tony Ferguson, who I, I really enjoy watching that guy fight. Uh he obviously had his issues recently that went on, and I never really heard much of a a rap on that, a conclusion. I mean, it, do you have more on that story? I know he's, he's getting ready to fight, which is great, and, and you said he, he looks great and he's in a good place. What what was behind all of that? Did we ever really find out? Yeah, well, I, you know, the, the wife, his wife had filed a restraining order against him and alleged some certain things about, uh, you know, Tony's mental state. And then she withdrew. She dropped the restraining order uh, earlier this year. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did. I did get to see Tony. Uh, yet was it yesterday? No, it was two days ago. Um, but we didn't get to do an interview. And the reason that we didn't get to do an interview is because he said he wasn't willing to uh, allow me to ask some some questions about that. Not because I, I don't. I I did not get the sense that he he has something to hide. He just. I feel like he's he feels like he's in a good place mentally and he'd rather just focus on the fight and then you know from my standpoint I, I had to say if you can't let me ask you know whatever questions I have then then we just can't do an interview you know so we we got to talk you know a little bit off off the record and it was good seeing him and I'm I'm, I'm happy that he's coming back you know Tony's a guy who who has won 11 fights in a row like you I like watching the guy fight I think a lot of people do he's had some very very bad luck and some unfortunate stuff happened to him over his career so it'd be nice to to see him you know just just in a good place 
whether he wins or loses in Chicago, you know, get back to doing what he loves to do and have some stability in his home life. I hope all of those things for Tony. Hey, last one before I let you go. We got the week off in terms of UFC action, but coming up, you've got UFC Fight Night on June first, which will take which will uh, feature, I should say, the the headline event: uh, Alexander Gustafson versus Anthony Smith. Where do you see these two at in the pecking order? I mean, John Jones has beaten both of them. He's beaten Alexander twice. Uh, the Anthony Smith fight. I got to tell, I like Anthony Smith as a person. I think he's a good fighter. I really enjoy listening to him talk and everything. But I, I, boy, I I got to tell you, I thought he got a lot of undue kudos and respect for that fight against John Jones. I don't think he won a single moment of that fight. I thought it was really a lopsided performance. Yet there was a lot of praise because he didn't, you know, take the DQ he could have taken in that in that situation, which I respect as well. But I wasn't I wasn't impressed with his performance at all. So I'm not really sure how to feel about this this matchup. Just give me, give me your thoughts on each of these two guys and, and what this fight ultimately means to a title chase for either one of them. Yeah, well, I don't know what it means for a title chase because you're right. There's absolutely no demand to see either one of these guys fight John Jones in the immediate future. And I will tell you, I know for a fact that Anthony feels the same way about his fight as you do. He's very, very disappointed with it. And, I mean, I even – if there was one thing about Anthony, because let's, let's be – be frank. I mean, not a lot of people were giving him a chance to win that fight, but one thing that uh, myself and some other people said is that, well, at least Anthony's not going to give up, though. I mean, Anthony's the type of guy that does not give up, that he, he uh, and he's going to, he's going to at least give a full effort, you know, and then that didn't even really happen, you know? I mean, not, not to say that he didn't try, and not to say that he didn't show some heart in surviving and, and being in that, that fight for five rounds, but there was never even that, like, bite down on your mouthpiece and just really go for it moment for Anthony Smith. And he knows that. And and that really bothers him. I think that that plays into his decision to turn around so quickly and take this fight in Sweden um, against Alexander Gustafsson. And I think that that in a weird way, this fight makes no sense because they're both coming off of a loss to John Jones, but also in a weird way, it makes perfect sense because they are coming off of that loss to John Jones and we don't know where to put them in the, in the title pecking order. So it's a good fight, but it's just not a fight that has a whole lot of stakes in the 205-pound division right now. Do you, do you lean one way or the other? Do you feel like one guy is, is fresher, hungrier? Where I mean, obviously Alexander's had more than a few cracks at, at that title. He's he's had more experience than Smith, but I don't know. which. Do you see one having a clear-cut advantage going into this one? Yeah, I mean, I would give Alex the edge. You know, I mean, Alex is, is the guy who has only lost to the cream of the crop. You know, he lost to, to Rumble Johnson when Rumble was, was on his chair, and then he's lost to John Jones twice in, in D.C., you know. So um, you could make the case that, hey, if John Jones never existed, that we'd be talking about Alexander Gustafson in a very different way. I mean, that he could be a champion, you know. So I still think that that's true of Alex, but he is getting older, and he's getting more further along in his career. Anthony is a guy who – no one has really thought of him as like super elite, but he's just always that gamer and he finds a way to get it done. So this is another situation like that. I mean, I'm, I haven't looked at the betting odds, but I can only imagine that Anthony's an underdog and he's going on the road and it was a quick turnaround from a five round fight against John in which he did take some damage. So, um, you know, I, I bet a lot, not a lot of people are expecting much from Anthony, but he does tend to shine in those moments and he didn't um, against John. So he's, he's got, you know, that's still fresh in his mind that, Hey, I got it. I got to, you know, um, put the put the foot on the gas a little bit in a way that I didn't do against Sean Jones. 
Brett, always good to talk to you, man. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes, as always. And for people out there, if you don't follow him on uh, Twitter, you should. B Okamoto ESPN is his handle. B Okamoto ESPN. You see him on ESPN. You read him on ESPN.com. Great stuff from you. Brett, thanks as always, man. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yep, my pleasure, man. Take care.